We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Episode 483 of the Al Galdi Podcast. It is Wednesday, January 11th, 2023, and the first major development of the Commander's 2023 offseason has taken place. Boy, that did not take long. Head coach Ron Rivera on Tuesday fired offensive coordinator Scott Turner. Ron told Scott, Get out! I don't want to ever see you again. Okay, maybe Ron didn't say that, but you get the idea. Uh, For all of you who wanted Scott Turner out, for all of you who could no longer stand the sight, the mere thought of Scott as commander's offensive coordinator anymore, uh, you got your wish. Uh, 22 years and one month after his father, his pops, Norv Turner was fired as Redskins head coach in December 2000. Scott Turner fired as commander's offensive coordinator. Hello and welcome to this Wednesday installment of the Al Galdi podcast. We on Tuesday morning had the season-ending press conference of Rod Rivera and general manager Martin Mayhew. We on Tuesday afternoon had the announcement of the firing of Scott Turner. And we, during that presser, on Tuesday morning, got yet another cryptic answer from Ron about Scott. You know, nobody was stunned by this news on Tuesday afternoon of Scott being fired. I think that it's funny that the team waited until after the lengthy season-ending press conference to make the news official so that Ron and Martin would not get asked about the news during the press conference. I don't think that anybody thinks that all of Washington's offensive struggles over the last three seasons have been on Scott. But clearly, things had not gone well. Clearly, he was a part of that. And clearly, there was a divide between Ron and Scott. I'm going to spend a good chunk of this show discussing all of this and more regarding the commander's offense. Uh, Next segment, I will discuss the aforementioned cryptic answer from Ron Rivera on Tuesday morning. What ended up being the final of many recent signs that Scott was going to be fired. I'll also go through the top three reasons that Scott was fired and take a look at what now for the commanders 
at offensive coordinator because this commander's offensive coordinator job, uh, not exactly the most attractive offensive coordinator job in the history of offensive coordinator jobs. And then after all of that, uh, oh, do we need to have a conversation about arguably the number one theme of this Rod Rivera Martin Mayhew joint press conference on Tuesday morning, their shared offensive philosophy. Ron and Morton, Morton and Ron, two peas in a pod. (laughs) Uh, They on Tuesday morning made no secret that the offense that they want is a run-oriented offense. Uh, They want to go old school. You think that it's 2023, uh, in their minds, it's 1993, okay? Crisscross is all the rage in the minds of Ron Rivera and Martin Mayhew. Uh, I have a few things to say about that. I was rather disturbed and perturbed on Tuesday morning by what I heard from Ron and Martin about the commander's offense that they want. There was a lot to this press conference. We're going to take our time going through it over the next few shows, but the focus of this show is the firing of Scott Turner and the offensive vision that Ron and Martin oh so clearly have for the team. Uh, Also on the show, I'll talk college hoops. Uh, Georgetown lost again, a 66-51 loss to Seton Hall at Capital One Arena on Tuesday night. But number 13, Virginia won a 65-58 win over North Carolina at John Paul Jones Arena in Charlottesville, Virginia on Tuesday night as the Tar Heels ended up being without two key bigs, including Armando Baycott. Uh, And I have some thoughts on a free agent signing by the Nationals. Uh, You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Tweet from Thomas on Ron Rivera, writes Thomas. Al, my biggest problem with Ron Rivera is his ultra-conservative approach. Coaches, players, and front office are all familiar to him. Why? He's comfortable with them. They meet his approach with everything a conservative approach. Uh, Thank you for the tweet, Thomas. Yeah, you know, it's one thing if you bring in a bunch of people with whom you are familiar and have great success, then everyone just says that you brought in a bunch of great people. But when you bring in a bunch of people and do not have great success and, in fact, have disappointing results, then you open yourself up to a lot of questioning, and justifiably so. You know, Ron Early in the 2021 offseason revamped Washington's front office. Uh, Out was a younger guy, vice president of player personnel Kyle Smith. In were two older guys, uh, Martin Mayhew as general manager and Marty Herney as executive vice president of football slash player personnel. Now, it's not like Ron had some lengthy history with Martin, but Ron, of course, had a lengthy history with Marty. And of course, Ron's coaching staff is filled with guys with whom he coached while Carolina Panthers head coach. And it is notable that two of Ron's better assistant coach hires, defensive coordinator Jack Del Rio and defensive backs coach Chris Harris, are two guys with whom Ron had not coached prior to becoming Washington's head coach. Uh, But in fairness to Ron, offensive line coach John Matsko has been a good carryover from Carolina. Uh, Tight ends coach Pete Hainer was a good carryover from the Panthers. Uh, He retired last offseason. So it's not as simple as those from the Panthers are all bad. And actually, it's not even as simple as all of the Carolina carryovers are ultra conservative. I think that a point of friction between Ron 
and Scott Turner has been Scott not wanting to adhere to the run-heavy offensive philosophy that Ron has espoused. Uh, but to Thomas's point, Ron has brought in a lot of guys with whom he is familiar. Uh, <laughs> there's no doubting that. I mean, there's a reason that the phrases Carolina Mafia and Commanders have been used on this podcast. Uh, email from Jim in Washington, D.C. on something that I say. Uh, writes Jim, first, I just want to say that I enjoy your podcast tremendously, and I appreciate how much work you put into providing a real service for DC sports fans, and especially for us commanders diehards. My only complaint concerns your frequent use of the team's former name. That name is, in fact, a racial slur. And even though I know that was the official team name for decades, the reality is that it has caused a lot of hurt as well. If you could please at least be mindful of that and simply use Washington instead of the former team name, that would make a big difference. Thanks for your consideration, and thanks again for doing such a great job with this podcast. Uh, Thank you for the kind words, Jim. Uh, Much appreciated. You know, that may be the nicest, classiest complaint email that I've ever received. So here's my philosophy with the name stuff, because of course it is confusing with the team currently known as the Commanders having had three names over the last three years. Uh, What I have taken to doing is simply using the name of the team that was in use when whatever I'm talking about was happening. So for anything happening since this past February 2nd. For anything happening since 2.2.22, I say commanders, for anything that happened between July 2020 and 2.2.22, I say Washington, and for anything that happened prior to July 2020, I say Redskins. I'm not a big fan of saying Washington because I feel like that sounds unnatural and sounds distant. Uh, Now, is my approach the best approach? I don't know. I'm open to input. You know, uh, you can tell me what you think. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. I don't have all of the answers, okay? I don't pretend to have all of the answers. But uh, like Thomas said, the name Redskins was used for decades. A lot of people still use that name and, in fact, believe that the name of the team still should be that name. Uh, Many, if not most, Native Americans never had a problem with that name. So I have felt that using the name in an historical way is appropriate. But I welcome your input. And again, shout out to Jim. Very nice email. Could have been a jerk about this, <laughs> but instead he was all class. So thank you, Jim. Uh, email from David on a certain co-owner and co-CEO who reportedly was not in attendance for the Commander's season-ending 26-6 win over the Dallas Cowboys at FedEx Field on Sunday. Writes David, do you take anything away from Dan Snyder being a no-show at the Cowboys game. I hope that's a good sign for selling. Uh, Thank you for the email, David. Assuming that it's true that Dan was not at the game, and I have no reason to believe that that was not true, then yeah, I do take something away from Danny being a no-show on Sunday. As best as we can tell, Dan had attended most, if not all, of the Commanders games this season, and this game was against the arch-rival Cowboys. And I know it was hard to get up for the rivalry on Sunday, but that is the kind of thing that Dan has eaten up over the years. Uh, And it was at this game that the team retired the number nine of legendary Redskins quarterback, Sonny Jurgensen, a guy for whom I know 
Dan has great affection. So Dan not being at the game definitely stands out. Now, I suppose that he may not have been at the game for a reason unrelated to him selling the team. Um, I don't know. Maybe Dan was at the gym. Okay. Maybe Sunday was leg day for Danny boy. All right. Uh, maybe Dan was working at a soup kitchen. Okay. I don't know. But yeah, Dan not being at the game is significant. And you wonder if he has checked out on being owner of the team. Well, if someone has checked out on you to where you have been the victim of malpractice, uh, always know that the law firm of Paulson and Nace will fight for you. If you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. Call 202-902-7611. And when you call, make sure that you tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. Paulson and Nace is a Washington, D.C.-based family law firm that handles medical malpractice, personal injury, birth injury, legal malpractice, and consumer protection cases offering aggressive advocacy for victims in Washington, D.C. and West Virginia. Paulson and Nace fights for victims of all kinds of situations, including victims of errors made during diagnosis, during surgery, or with medication, victims of injuries caused by dangerous medications or medical devices, as well as defective auto parts, victims of accidents involving cars, trucks, bikes, or motorcycles, victims of deceptive trade practices and false advertising, heck, victims of shady lawyers. If your attorney acts in bad faith, is unethical in his or her counsel, or is negligent in his or her work, uh, you could have a claim for legal malpractice. Paulson and Nace has represented corporate clients throughout the region. If you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. If you feel that you've been wronged, if you think that you've been wronged but aren't sure, call Paulson and Nace and schedule a no-obligation appointment. Call 202-902-7611. That's 202-902-7611. And when you call, tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. You can also visit paulsonandnace.com. That's paulsonandnace.com. And don't forget to tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. Paulson and Nace treats its clients with respect and dignity and wants what is best for the firm's clients. Paulson and Nace will treat you, your family, and your situation with the care and expertise that you deserve. And Paulson and Nace is excellent at what it does. Paulson and Nace has recovered millions of dollars for the sick and injured. Call 202-902-7611. That's 202-902-7611. And when you call, tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. Paulson and Nace, if you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. All right. Do yourself a favor and subscribe to the Al Galdi podcast. If you're not already doing that, subscribing costs you nothing and makes it so that each episode is downloaded right to your device. Also, please consider rating and reviewing the podcast. You on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify can rate the podcast. Five-star ratings are very much appreciated, and you on Apple Podcasts can write a brief review saying that you like the podcast. The ratings and the reviews help us out a lot, and so thank you for doing them. In terms of actual concrete news from Tuesday morning's end-of-season press conference for Commander's head coach Ron Rivera and general manager Martin Mayhew, the biggest item was Ron saying that he will be meeting with ownership on Monday. Uh, Whether that'll be Ron and both 
of the co-owners and co-CEOs, Dan and Tanya Snyder, or Ron, and just one of those people. Uh, we don't know. Presumably, he'll be meeting with both Dan and Tanya, and presumably, Ron will be given parameters for the offseason and an update on the sale of the team, and presumably, he will inform ownership of his offseason plan for the team. Uh, Dan Snyder pretty clearly is not firing Rod Rivera. Uh, the sale of the team seems to have made Ron immune to being fired by Dan this offseason. A question early in the press conference on Tuesday morning was if there is worry that the potential sale of the commanders will restrict the team's ability to make moves this offseason. Here were Martin Mayhew's and Ron Rivera's answers. Yeah, I don't worry about that. I mean, we're, we're really focused on what we need to do to get better for next season. And uh, that's totally out of our hands. I don't worry about things I can't control. Pretty much the same. I mean, we're, we're going to do what we're supposed to do as far as getting ourselves ready to, to go forward. You know, we've got to look at, um, you know, what's coming up in the draft, what's coming up in free agency. We look at what we have on our roster and, and finish those evaluations, uh, finish the evaluations of, of, of myself, the staff, and what we do. Ah, uh, yes, the staff. Uh, as for potential changes to Ron Rivera's coaching staff, uh, well, a potential change has been realized. The commanders on Tuesday afternoon announced the firing of offensive coordinator Scott Turner. Scott is out. Old Scotty boy is your commander's OC no more. You know, so much of this press conference on Tuesday morning was Ron Rivera and Martin Mayhew saying that they're evaluating things. Uh, well, I guess the evaluation of Scott did not take long. Uh, also, so much for that reported three-year contract extension that Scott signed last offseason. Uh, I late Saturday afternoon tweeted that it so felt like Scott Turner was being fired. Uh, we had Scott in a post-practice press conference last Thursday afternoon, what turned out to be his final public words as commander's offensive coordinator, very much sounding like a coach who knew that he may be fired. Uh, we had Ron in a post-practice press conference last Friday afternoon giving a very short answer in response to a question about the job that Scott had done in the 2022 season. Then came the report. Uh, we on Saturday had a major report from Commander's Insider Sam Fortier of the Washington Post with the headline, Commander's Players Are Frustrated with Offensive Play Calling. Uh, the report included the following on-the-record quote from tight end Logan Thomas, quote, the way I put it is, we got so much talent, we should be scoring more points than we have been, end quote. Uh, we had Logan's wife, Brandy Thomas, on Saturday writing the following on Instagram, quote, so much offensive talent, you'd think if you had weapons, you'd utilize them, end quote, clearly referring to her husband. Uh, and the Washington Post report that came out on Saturday also included this, quote, nine other commanders who spoke on the condition of anonymity to be candid about a coach expressed frustration with the play calling. They complained about predictability and abandonment of the game plan against Cleveland and Turner's tendency to deviate from plays that are working, which several players described as the coordinator outsmarting himself. They suggested Brown's defenders had anticipated their plays during the loss, which effectively ended the commander's season, end quote. And so all of this brought us to this season-ending press conference on Tuesday morning, 
during which we had the following exchange between Barry's Verluga, columnist for the Washington Post, and Ron Rivera. And how did you think Scott Turner did as offensive coordinator this year? I think Scott did his job, did the things that he, he tried to do, and, you know, we're going to self-evaluate and go through that process. Okay. <laughs> Ron Rivera got asked how he thought Scott Turner did as commander's offensive coordinator this season. Ron's answer, quote, I think Scott did his job, did the things that he tried to do. We're going to self-evaluate and go through that process, end quote. How about just the beginning of that answer? Quote, I think Scott did his job, did the things that he tried to do, (laughs) end quote. Uh, Yes, he did. Scott did perform a job, and he did do things that he tried to do. Uh, That is a factually correct statement. He performed a job and did things that he tried to do. Everyone on the planet knew that Scott Turner was on the hot seat. Ron got asked a question about the job that Scott did this season, and Ron, never shy about giving a lengthy answer, instead gave an ultra-short answer, his second one in Five days to a question about Scott Turner, and instead of endorsing Scott or complimenting Scott, would only say, quote, I think Scott did his job, did the things that he tried to do. We're going to self-evaluate and go through that process, end quote. It could not have been more obvious that Ron Rivera was firing Scott Turner, and sure enough, Ron, on Tuesday, did fire Scott. Statement from Ron Rivera on Tuesday afternoon, quote, I met with Coach Turner today and informed him that we will be moving in another direction going forward with the offensive coordinator position. Unfortunately, we did not live up to the expectations and standard that I expected to see from our offensive unit. I felt it was best for a fresh start at the coordinator position heading into next year. I have a tremendous amount of respect for Scott and thanked him for his three years of service to our organization. I wish Scott and his family all the best in the future, end quote. Yes, best of luck in your future endeavors. Uh, There are three primary reasons that Ron Rivera fired Scott Turner as commander's offensive coordinator. Reason number one for Ron firing Scott glaring lack of offensive production. This is the most obvious thing, but this is the most important thing. Scott was Washington's offensive coordinator for three seasons. Not once over those three seasons did Washington have anything close to what you would call a good offense. Uh, Here were Washington's rankings in total offense per Football Outsiders DVOA metric for each of Scott's three regular seasons as Washington offensive coordinator. And I'm going to ask that a good pal of the Al Galdi podcast, former Redskins head coach Steve Spurrier, helps us out. Uh, 2020, number 32, i.e. dead last in the NFL. Not very good. 2021, number 21 in the NFL. Not very good. 2022, number 28 in the NFL. Not very good. Not very good at all. Now, of course, certainly not all of this is Scott Turner's fault. Washington has started eight different quarterbacks over the last three regular seasons. Uh, That is an absurd number. 
Uh, Washington has started at least three different quarterbacks in each of the last five regular seasons. Uh, That's absurd. The commander's offensive line this season was a disheveled mess. Uh, If you go by ESPN's win rate metrics, the commanders for the 2022 regular season finished number 27 in the NFL in team pass block win rate and number 19 in the NFL in team run block win rate. However, at the same time, you can't just absolve Scott Turner of all blame for the lack of offensive production. Multiple things can be true at the same time. Scott had a lot working against him, and Scott did not do a good enough job. Reason number two for Ron Rivera firing Scott Turner as commander's offensive coordinator, a clash of offensive philosophies. Uh, Ron clearly wants a run-oriented offense. Scott more so wants a more modern offense. Uh, I'm going to have a lot more on the Ron Rivera desire for a run-oriented offense next segment. But how about this from Commander's Insider John Keim of ESPN on Tuesday? Quote, there was concern throughout the year about the direction of the offense. One source said Rivera sat in on more offensive meetings this season to get a better feel for what was transpiring. One person whose team played Washington this season said the commanders lacked an offensive identity and simply called a collection of plays leading to some predictability, end quote. Reason number three for Ron Rivera firing Scott Turner as commander's offensive coordinator, politics. If you are Ron Rivera, And you know that if not for the sale of the team, you may have already been fired. And you know that new ownership is coming. And you know that the 2023 season will be as make or break of a season as an NFL head coach can ever have. Then when it comes to your program, you can't just run it back. You got to make some changes. You need a fall guy or fall guys. And Scott Turner is an obvious fall guy. And by the way, that doesn't mean that he didn't deserve to be fired. Those items from Logan Thomas and the nine anonymous commanders players in that Washington Post report that came out this past Saturday are major indictments of Scott Turner. And on two levels, number one, the actual content of what Logan and the nine anonymous commanders players said. Number two, that Logan and the nine anonymous commanders players actually felt comfortable saying what they said to the post. Think about that. What does it say that Logan Thomas and nine anonymous commanders players felt comfortable speaking as they did to the post? What does it say about the players fearing getting in trouble for saying what they said to the post about Scott? Do you know why those players felt comfortable ripping Scott to the post? Because they knew that Ron Rivera agreed with them. Now, who exactly are the commanders going to be able to hire as their offensive coordinator? Big question. After all, new ownership, Ron Rivera on the piping hot seat, uh, the potential for everything to get blown up over the next year. Uh, massive quarterback uncertainty, major offensive line questions, the commander's offensive coordinator job not exactly oozing with sex appeal, okay? Uh, Perhaps Ron Rivera is planning on promoting from within. Uh, Maybe quarterbacks coach Ken Zampezi gets promoted to offensive coordinator. 
Maybe Ron has an external hire in mind, but you got to wonder about the difficulty that the commanders might have in making a great offensive coordinator hire, given all of the reasons that the job isn't exactly the most appealing offensive coordinator job in the NFL. But clearly, this is a hire that Ron has got to get right. One more thing on Scott Turner. Kevin O'Connell. The Minnesota Vikings in the 2022 regular season, as you probably know, went 13-4 and and won the NFC North. Now, the Vikings did this despite a negative point differential. The Vikings 2022 season is one of the most bonkers seasons you'll ever see a team have. 13-4 and with a point differential of minus three. But anyway, the Vikings went 13-4 and and won the NFC North. And their head coach is a rookie head coach named Kevin O'Connell, as in former Redskins offensive coordinator, Kevin O'Connell, a.k.a. Former Skins OC, KOC. The initial feeling in late December 2019, when the news broke that the Skins were hiring Ron Rivera as head coach, was that Kevin O'Connell would be staying on as offensive coordinator. He had served as the Skins offensive coordinator for that 2019 season. But the Kevin O'Connell situation dragged on and on. And we, on January 7th, 2020, had multiple reports that Kevin O'Connell had received permission to explore other options and that the Skins were hiring Scott Turner as their offensive coordinator. Uh, I wanted Kevin O'Connell to be retained. I did not want Scott Turner as the Skins' offensive coordinator. I wanted Kevin O'Connell as the Skins' offensive coordinator. Uh, Kevin O'Connell was considered a bright and rising offensive mind, not unlike Sean McVay during his time as Skins offensive coordinator. Uh, Whether Kevin wanted to leave or Ron preferred Scott over Kevin has never been made crystal clear. Just so you know, I have been told by someone who would know that Kevin did not want to continue to work with quarterback Dwayne Haskins. So it may be that Kevin wanted out more than Ron wanted Kevin out. But of course, knowing Ron and how much he has loved hiring guys with whom he has worked, it's not that far-fetched that Ron preferred Scott over Kevin. Or at the very least, Ron could have made a stronger attempt to keep Kevin. Uh, Scott had spent the previous two seasons, 2018 and 2019, working for the Carolina Panthers. Uh, He was their quarterback's coach and then became their offensive coordinator for the final four games of the Panthers' 2019 season off the firing of... Ron Rivera as head coach off, yes, a loss to the Skins. What was the Skins' third and final win of their hideous 3-13 2019 regular season, a 29-21 win at the Panthers on December 1st, 2019, a game in which Kevin O'Connell's offense ran right over Ron Rivera's Carolina Panthers. But I don't know how you see the success of Kevin O'Connell and not wonder what might have been had he been retained as Skins offensive coordinator. But again, it may well be that he did not want to stay. Well, if you want to get a better handle on where your money is going, and why the heck wouldn't you? Uh, If you want to get your bills, utilities, and subscriptions organized, and again, why the heck wouldn't you? Download the Hiatus app. It's great. The Hiatus app. Uh, Hiatus is a personal financial management app 
that allows you to take full control of your money. Hiatus allows you to see all of your subscriptions in one place and lets you cancel the ones that you don't want or need in just a few taps. Uh, Hiatus can alert you if any of your monthly bills, like your cell phone bill or internet bill, are negotiable and has an in-house team that actually can negotiate and lower those bills for you. Uh, Download the Hiatus app from the App Store, from Google Play, or by going to hiatusapp.com. Hiatus, take control of your money. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. There is a lot going on with the Commanders as their 2023 offseason gets going. I mean, we're just a few days into their offseason, and already we have had major news with the firing of offensive coordinator Scott Turner. But no podcast or show covers the Commanders like this podcast does. And so that's a great time to advertise on the Al Galdi podcast if you would like to advertise your business or practice on the pod and reach thousands of people every episode and make use of what we like to call the power of the pod. Uh, hit us up. The email address is the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. So the Commanders on Tuesday fired offensive coordinator Scott Turner. It is going to be fascinating to see who they hire as his replacement and what the offensive philosophies and tendencies of that replacement are, because I do believe that the offensive philosophies and tendencies of Scott Turner clashed with those of Rod Rivera. And we on Tuesday morning during the end of season press conference of Ron and General Manager Martin Mayhew, hours before the news of Ron having fired Scott broke, very much got a window into the minds of Ron Rivera and Martin Mayhew in terms of the offense that each guy wants for the commanders. Uh, Nothing (laughs) from this press conference triggered me more than what I'm about to talk about. 
Let's start with this. Uh, So Ron Rivera, over his three seasons as Washington head coach, in a coach-centric approach, has yet to have a winning regular season and has made the playoffs just once in three seasons. And of course, that season was his first season, a 2020 season in which Washington won a horrendous NFC East with a 7-9 record. Uh, Ron on Tuesday morning got asked how he can be better as a head coach and as a decision maker in order to better position the commanders for success. Here was his answer. Well, I just kind of like the direction we've headed. You know, I, I know one of the things we talked about was was taking a big step from last year, you know, being in year three. And, you know, we didn't quite get into the playoffs like we wanted to, but the biggest thing that we did was we took the kind of step, I think, that gives us the uh, the right direction headed, you know, that, that puts us where we want to be. Um, I think, again, if we can go out and we can add some, some, some talent in some areas, uh, continue to work on what our formula is, I think it gives us uh, an opportunity to, 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 to continue to grow and get better. Um, for me personally, I just want to continue to, to grow as a, as a football coach, continue to look at the things that we do um, and see how we can improve them, uh, see how we can utilize the talent that we have. Um, you know, and then as a decision maker, continue to collaborate with, with, with Martin and his staff of guys and, 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 and scouts and so we can, make, uh, we can make good decisions going forward. You know, we've, I think we've done a pretty good job trying to put talent in place um, you look at some of the things that we've done with some of the young guys and development you've seen in some of the young guys. I think it's very promising. I think some of the things that we did and one of the things that we did during the draft and Mark Martin orchestrated it was a trade in the first round. Um, so we could go backwards. Picked up Jahan. We picked up B-Rob. We picked up Sam. Uh, we picked up um, Cole Turner. I mean, four young guys that we think can be part of what we're doing going forward. And those are the kind of things that, you know, we, we want to be able to get better at, you know, and continue to find that kind of talent. Because, you know, the, one of the things that when, when, when Martin and Marty came in, we talked about was roster building as much as we can through the draft and putting those pieces into place. You know, a couple examples of some of those pieces that really stepped up for us, uh, we were very happy about was, was, was uh, Defoe. You know, a young man that came in and, and did a really nice job for us. Um, you know, those are the kind of things that we're looking for through this draft, through, through these draft processes that we've gone through. Okay, a lot from Ron Rivera in that cut. He certainly made some valid points, but Ron early in that cut referenced the formula. Ah, yes, the formula. <laughs> Uh, We, over the last two seasons, have come to hear quite a bit about the formula. Uh, The formula is Washington's offensive philosophy of leaning heavily on the running game with the idea of setting up play-action passes and setting up manageable third downs and winning time of possession. Uh, We first saw the formula become a thing during Washington's four-game winning streak last season. We then saw the formula, again, become a thing during the commander's run of six wins in seven games this season. As I think that most of you listening know, the formula is nothing revolutionary, nothing groundbreaking. Uh, The formula actually is the opposite of revolutionary, the opposite of groundbreaking. Uh, The formula is a very old-school way of doing offense in the NFL. But given Washington's subpar quarterback play in each of the last two seasons, and given that Washington's offense last season was ravaged by injury, and given that the commander's offensive line this season was woeful at pass blocking, 
I never had that much of a problem with the formula because I understood that for this team, the formula actually made sense, even though there are some significant inherent problems with the formula. A, it limits you in terms of scoring points. B, it requires a lot to go well because running the ball a lot means a lack of of explosive plays, and a lack of explosive plays means lengthy scoring drives, and lengthy scoring drives require a lot to go well. C, the formula requires the team's defense to be good. Now, this season, the commander's defense was good, but last season, Washington's defense was not good. But okay, fine, the formula. My hope was that the formula was employed by Washington because it felt like it had to employ the formula, not because the team necessarily wanted to employ the formula. Well, (laughs) how about what was said at this season-ending press conference on Tuesday morning? Martin Mayhew on Tuesday morning said the following about the commander's formula. Our formula of football is playing great defense, running the, running, the, running the ball, having the quarterback utilize play action off our run scheme. That's what has worked for us. Um, so we plan to build it that way. Our defense did well this year. Finished up, I think, third in yards, uh, seventh in, no, maybe seventh in yards, third in scoring. But our defense played well down the stretch. Slow start, but played really well overall. We want to build on that. Uh, keep adding quality players to our defense, uh, you know, find the right quarterback to lead us and play our play our brand of football next year. All right. Did you notice what Martin Mayhew said early in that cut? Quote, our formula of football is playing great defense, running the ball, having the quarterback utilize play action off our run scheme. That's what has worked for us. So we plan to build it that way. End quote. We plan to build it that way. Hmm. That sounded more like the formula is how we want to do offense, not the formula is how we have felt like we have to do offense. And so we later, on Tuesday morning, had the following exchange. Uh, You'll first hear the question, which came from David Aldridge, editor-in-chief of The Athletic DC, and then you'll hear answers from both Ron Rivera and Martin Mayhew. Uh, <clears throat> for both of you, um, you have said consistently you want to be a run-first team. Um, is that because of the personnel you have at quarterback, or is that a philosophical belief because most of the league seems to go the opposite way? I think it's a philosophical belief. I mean, for me it is. Um, I, I, I've been involved with that. Uh, I think a big part of it is that you know you've you've got to be able to 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 help your defense as well. You know if you if you look at a lot of the teams that that do end up at the end where they are, most of them rush for over a thousand yards as as, as an offense, well over a thousand I should say, and and I think they control the tempo of the game, and and I think that's what we need to do to win football games. We need to control that tempo of, of the game. You know, I do believe in a two-back system. Um, you know, I've had success with that, and I believe we had some pretty good success with it. Um, you know, unfortunately, both those young men out for us ended up on on, on injured reserve. But well, I just uh, B Rob wasn't injured. B Rob just didn't finish the last game. But you know, they're 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 a talented group of guys, and and we've got to be able to use them. Um, you know, we've got some talented positions, and we've got to be able to get the ball in those guys' hands. 
I think we're all products of our experience in this league, you know, and in my experience here, the most success that I had was playing here. And we were a run first football team and we were running back by committee football team, you know. Um, and so that's what I've had success with uh, when we had success in Detroit. The, in 2014, we had a, a run-first orientation. Uh, I know coaches had, had a pretty good running back when you played, too, you know, mm-hmm. in Chicago. You know, So I think we're products of that and what we've experienced, and that's where I've had the most success. And I know that late in the year, that becomes really, really important. And when you can't run the football late in the year, it makes it very, very difficult to advance, make the playoffs, or have, have success in the playoffs. So that, that's why I think it's really important. And the physicality of the game, I think – uh, is is what can can make a good team better, you know, or you know an average team good, you know. When you can out hit somebody, it gives you a chance to win every game. All right, as Ace Ventura, pet detective, said many years ago. All righty then. <laughs> so both Ron Rivera and Martin Mayhew in that cut that I just played for you made it crystal clear that. The formula, a.k.a. a run-oriented offense, is how they want to do offense. As opposed to having been the way that Washington has been doing offense, because Washington had to do offense that way. Rod Rivera, quote, I think it's a philosophical belief, end quote. Martin Mayhew, quote, the most success that I had was playing here, and we were a run-first football team. I know Coach has had a pretty good running back when you played, too in Chicago, end quote, as in, of course, the great Walter Payton. Uh, All right. (laughs) I'm like on overload with all of this. Uh, First of all, passing the football is more efficient than running the football. Most of you listening know this. Uh, You think about the issue this way. A great yards per carry is five, right? If a running back averages five yards per carry, you say to yourself, wow, that's a great yards per carry, five yards per carry. A terrible yards per pass attempt is six. You always want your yards per pass attempt to at least be in the sevens, preferably at least in the eights. So a great yards per carry, five, still is one yard less than a terrible yards per pass attempt, six. So just at a most basic level, passing the football is more efficient than running the football. Now, it is true that passing plays can result in interceptions and sacks and sack strip loss fumbles, but interceptions are factored into yards per pass attempt, and running plays, of course, also can result in loss fumbles. Okay, uh, then there's this. Good passing offense correlates with team success more so than good rushing offense does. As you know, I like to use the Football Outsiders DVOA metric for measuring offense, defense, and special teams. Uh, DVOA stands for Defense Adjusted Value Over Average. It's a measure of efficiency that factors in context. Things like down, distance, score, time left in game, quality of opponent. Measuring offense and defense via DVOA is a lot better than measuring offense and defense by yards. Yards can be very misleading, and yards do not in any way factor in context, i.e. a one-yard run on first and 10 is very different than a one-yard run on fourth and goal at the one. This season, 10 of the top 11 teams in the NFL 
in passing offense per DVOA for the 2022 regular season have made the playoffs. For comparison's sake, just four of the top eight teams in the NFL and just seven of the top 12 teams in the NFL in rushing offense per DVOA for the 2022 regular season have made the playoffs. Uh, Last season, eight of the top 10 teams in the NFL in passing offense per DVOA for the 2021 regular season made the playoffs. Last postseason, the four teams that played in the conference championship games were four of the top five teams in the NFL in passing offense per DVOA for the 2021 regular season. Four of the top five. The Green Bay Packers, number one. The Kansas City Chiefs, number two. The Buffalo Bills, number three. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, number five. And if you're curious about where those teams ranked in terms of rushing offense per DVOA for the 2021 regular season, uh, the Packers were number five. The Chiefs were number 13. The Bills were number 22. The Buccaneers were number 10. I don't want to bombard you with a bunch more rankings, but go back through recent NFL history and you'll find that good passing offense correlates with team success more than good rushing offense does. And let me make clear, this isn't to say that rushing offense doesn't matter. It does matter. This isn't to say that passing offense versus rushing offense is an either-or proposition. It isn't. You want to be good at both, and the truly great offenses are good at both passing offense and rushing offense. What I'm saying is that passing offense matters more than rushing offense does. And this is true even in this season in which we actually have seen rushing offense be up and passing offense be down. And so for Ron Rivera and Martin Mayhew on Tuesday morning to sing this song of wanting a run-oriented offense regardless of quarterback because that's their offensive philosophy, uh, yeah, man, that was not what I wanted to hear. That was disturbing. Now, do I think that Ron and Martin don't want good passing offense? No, of course they want good passing offense. What concerns me is that they don't get just how important good passing offense is to team success. And to the point from Martin Mayhew about, well, this was the way that offense was done when he played for the Redskins and was done when Ron played for the Chicago Bears. I mean, That was decades ago, okay? The NFL has changed. Martin Mayhew was a corner for the Skins from 1989 through 1992. Rod Rivera was a linebacker for the Bears from 1984 through 1992. Do you know how much the NFL has changed since then? Heck, do you know how much the NFL has changed over just the last 15 years, 10 years, even five years? What happened in the 1980s and 1990s is ancient history, dude. And I say that as someone who grew up in the 1980s and 1990s. Martin Mayhew's skins teams were the teams of my youth. But you can't cling to the ways of yesteryear just because yesteryear includes some fond memories. Just because things used to be a certain way doesn't mean that those things still are that way. And here is maybe the most important point of all. 
It would be one thing if this offensive philosophy that Ron and Morton touted on Tuesday morning, the formula, had led to significant success for Washington during Ron's and Morton's time with the team. But of course, that has not been the case. Now, I bet that Ron would say, well, that's because Scott Turner was not doing his job well enough. Okay, but good luck having great success playing like it's the 1980s and 1990s, okay? Good luck. Look, in the NFL, you do whatever it takes to win. If you told me that the formula will, in fact, lead the commanders to a Super Bowl title, I would be all in, okay? I would be all about the formula. I would get the phrase, the formula, tattooed on my face, all right? But we know enough to know that good passing offense is the most reliable path to success in today's NFL. And understand what I mean when I say that. Good passing offense doesn't necessarily mean a lot of pass attempts, okay? Good passing offense can mean that, but doesn't have to mean that. Uh, Good passing offense is more about having a passing offense that is efficient, and that generates successful and explosive plays. So you can have a good passing offense while ultimately running the ball a lot. And good teams do tend to pile up rushing attempts and rushing yards because those teams are playing with leads and thus end up calling a lot of running plays to kill clock in the second halves of games. This is another thing, by the way, but uh, the NFL stat that you so often hear of Team X has a really good record when that team has at least 30 carries. I want to scream every time I hear or read some version of that. That stat is so completely backwards. The reason that Team X has the 30 carries is that it's playing with a lead. It's like saying that people with mansions are rich. And so if you buy a mansion, you'll be rich. No, the reason that you have the mansion is because you're rich. And hey, if you are looking to buy a mansion or any other home in the Washington, D.C. area, know that the Washington, D.C. area real estate market right now features great opportunity for buyers. Housing prices are falling due to an increase in inventory caused by the increases in mortgage rates. Now actually is a very good time to buy a home, even with the increases in mortgage rates, because you can always refinance when the rates come down, and they will. If you are looking to buy a home in the Washington, D.C. area, contact real estate agent Kellen Hunt. Visit CloseItWithKell.com. That's CloseItWithKell, K-E-L-L.com. Book a call with Kellen Hunt to discuss your real estate needs and make sure that you tell Kel that Al Galdi sent you. Kellen Hunt understands the current market, but he's not just some know-it-all. He is here for you to listen to you, to hear what you want, and then determine the best way of going about getting you what you want, no matter your age or situation in life. His website says it all, closeitwithkel.com. Kellen Hunt is a closer. Kellen Hunt will close you buying the home that you want, and Kellen Hunt is willing to put a portion of his commission back in your pocket. Yes, you the buyer, get a piece of the action. If you are looking to buy a home in the Washington, D.C. area, if anyone who you know is looking to buy a home in the Washington, D.C. area, the name to know is Kellen Hunt. Take advantage of the current marketplace with Kellen Hunt. Visit closeitwithkell.com. That's closeitwithkell, K-E-L-L.com. Book your call with Kellen Hunt to discuss your real estate needs and make sure that you tell Kell that Al Galdi sent you.
And let's talk some college basketball. We on Tuesday night had both Georgetown and Virginia playing. Uh, the Hoyas lost again. Uh, they fell to 5-13 and overall and 0-7 in the Big East with a 66-51 loss to Seton Hall at Capital One Arena. 27th consecutive regular season Big East loss for the Hoyas, extending their record for the most consecutive regular season Big East losses in conference history. This was another loss in which the Hoyas really struggled in the second half. The game was tied at 27 at the half. The Hoyas then lost the second half 39-24. Every loss for the Hoyas seems to follow the same script. A decent first half, if not a good first half, certainly a competitive first half, and then a brutal second half. Uh, Their previous game, the 95-73 loss at Marquette this past Saturday afternoon. The Hoyas led at the half 36-34. They then lost the second half 61-37. The 73-57 loss to Villanova at Capital One Arena on January 4th. Uh, That game was tied at 35 at the half. The Hoyas then lost the second half 38-22. The 80-51 loss to Butler at Capital One Arena on January 1st. The Hoyas trailed at the half 38-30. 38-30. They then lost the second half 42-21. And on and on, I could go. Uh, the Hoyas on Tuesday night did remain without multiple key players. LSU transfer Brandon Murray did not play for a second consecutive game due to an injury that he suffered in the loss to Villanova. Uh, also, Arizona State transfer Jay Heath did not play for a fourth consecutive game due to a left-hand injury. Uh, USC Upstate transfer, Bryson Mazzone, he was back. He returned from a one-game absence caused by an injury that he suffered in the loss to Villanova. Uh, Mazzone on Tuesday night, 27 minutes as a starter. He went just one of five on threes, two of four on twos, finished with seven points, five rebounds, and two assists versus two turnovers. The Hoyas offense on Tuesday night was really bad. Uh, Georgetown went a putrid four of 24 on threes and went just 16 of 40 on twos. Uh, Not a single Hoyas player scored more than nine points. Uh, Duquesne transfer, Primo Spears, 35 minutes as a starter, a mere three of 15 from the field, all twos, and he had two assists versus four turnovers. Uh, The Hoyas did hold Seton Hall to just 15 of 39 on twos, but allowed Seton Hall to go nine of 24 on threes. Next up for Georgetown at Villanova, this Monday at noon. Meantime, number 13 Virginia improved to 12 and 3 overall and 4 and 2 in the ACC with a 65-58 win over North Carolina at John Paul Jones Arena in Charlottesville, Virginia on Tuesday night. Uh, the Cavaliers overcame a 9-point first half deficit, won the second half by 9, 38-29. Uh, now, the Cavs caught a huge break. Carolina's best player the 6'10", Armando Baycott, who is an absolute force. Uh, he played for just one minute, 19 seconds as a starter. He suffered a left ankle injury in the opening minutes of the game. Carolina already was without another key big 6'11", Northwestern graduate student transfer, Pete Nance, uh, due to a back injury. Pete Nance is the son of former Phoenix Suns and Cleveland Cavaliers star Larry Nance. Uh, Pete Nance is the brother of Larry Nance Jr. of the New Orleans Pelicans. And so with both Baycott and Nance out, the Cavs feasted inside, ended up outscoring Carolina in the paint 32-20 
Uh, the Cavs did go just 6-19 on threes, but also went 18 of 33 on twos. And regarding that three-point shooting, Cavs in the first half, just 2 of 11 on threes, but the Cavs in the second half, 4 of 8 on threes. Uh, also, the Wahoos defense was very good. Uh, the Hoos held Carolina to just 8 of 24 on threes and just 13 of 29 on twos. Also, the Hoos forced 13 turnovers and totaled 9 steals and 8 blocks. Uh, ben Vanderplus, 6A graduate student transfer from Ohio. Very good game for him. 26 minutes, 38 seconds off the bench. He went 3 of 7 on threes, 3 of 3 on twos, and 2 of 3 on free throws. He finished with 17 points, 8 rebounds, 3 blocks, and 2 steals. Reese Beekman, 38 minutes, 30 seconds as a starter. He went 0 of 2 on threes, but 5 of 10 on twos, and 3 of 4 on free throws. He finished with 13 points, 5 steals, and 5 assists versus two turnovers. Armand Franklin, 36 minutes, 26 seconds as a starter. 0 of 5 on threes, just 4 of 7 on free throws. But he also went 4 of 8 on twos, and he finished with 12 points, 9 rebounds, 3 blocks, and 2 assists versus 1 turnover. Next up for Virginia at Florida State this Saturday afternoon at 4. And one more item before we call it a show. The Nationals on Tuesday afternoon announced having agreed with free agent outfielder Corey Dickerson on a one-year contract, what reportedly is a one-year $2.25 million contract. Yes, these are the financial waters in which the Nats are swimming this offseason. Uh, Corey Dickerson would appear to be set to be the Nats' number one left fielder, uh, allowing Dominic Smith and Joey Manessis to share first base and designated hitter. Uh, This coming season will be Dickerson's age 34 season. Corey Dickerson has bounced around. Uh, He has played for seven major league teams over 10 seasons. Uh, He is a guy who can hit Dickerson over the last four regular seasons, 2019 through 2022, over 1,151 major league plate appearances and OPS plus of 106. 100 is league average, so above 100 is good. So he's been an above average batter. Uh, But he also, over the last four regular seasons has totaled minus 12 defensive runs saved as an outfielder. So he has not exactly killed it uh, as an outfielder. Uh, And he is a guy who is emblematic of the current state of the Nats. I mean, Corey Dickerson, age 34 season on a one-year $2.25 million contract is set to be the team's top left fielder. Boy, you are hearing nothing about the sale of the Nats right now. Either the learners are doing a great job of keeping things quiet, or there just ain't nothing happening with this sale right now. And that will do it for you and me for now. Keep the feedback coming. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Thursday show, episode 484. We'll have a lot more for you on the commanders off the firing of offensive coordinator Scott Turner. Also, uh, there was a lot more from Tuesday morning's season-ending press conference for head coach Rod Rivera and general manager Martin Mayhew that we can discuss. Also on Thursday show, I'll talk Capitals, Wizards, and Virginia Tech basketball. The Caps are at the Philadelphia Flyers Wednesday night at 7. The Wiz are home to the Chicago Bulls Wednesday night at 7. And the Hokies are at Syracuse Wednesday night at 7. Have a great rest of your Wednesday, and I'll talk to you on Thursday. And how did you think Scott Turner did as offensive coordinator this year? I think Scott did his job, did the things that he he tried to do, and you know we're going to self evaluate and go through that process. 
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.